You are now listening to the Think 180 podcast from Inc. 180 Ministries in Chicago, Illinois. Hello and welcome. Please stand. You are now about to witness the strength of street knowledge. Straight out of Compton, it's a crazy brother named Ice Cube. From the stupid dope gang with an attitude. When I'm caught off, I got a sword off. Kick knowledge and bodies all hauled off. You too, boy, if you get with me. The police are gonna have to come and get me off your back. That's how I'm going out. For the sucker duck brothers that's showing now. Some's about to mumble. They wanna rumble. Mix them and cook them in a pot like gumbo. What's going on, everybody? It's Chris from Inc. 180. Welcome to episode 24 of the Think 180 podcast. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my friend Kyle Craning. Hey, everybody. What's going on? I had to go straight out of Compton. I just got back from L.A. last week, so taking it back. But, it, man, it, that's not how I remember that song. <laughs> <laughs> no, not uh, at all. We, we edit things for friends. we we got kids listening. So, But uh, welcome, everybody. We're happy you joined us for episode 24 of the Think 180 podcast. Uh, got some stuff to talk about today, some heavy stuff, so maybe parents listen to this before you share it with your kids, but uh, as always, uh, pretty much my whole life is parental discretion advised, right. I think, with the ministry. So uh, we've got some, some things to talk about today, um, my trip to L.A., um, some some events I got to do this week, and Backpage.com we're going to kick it off with, talking about the death of Backpage.com. This is... Uh, Something that a lot of people have been looking forward to for a long time. For those of you who don't know or aren't aware of Backpage, uh, Backpage.com is a huge uh, website that is not too unlike uh, Craigslist. And, you know, you can buy and sell things there. They have ads for services. And and the thing that I found out about Backpage.com that I didn't know was just how big the ads were for sex trafficking. The owner pled guilty, and we're going to talk about all this, but he said that 80% of their ads were for online sex sales. And that's amazing. I mean, we all, those who are familiar with it, we all realize it's probably a lot. Yeah. But to actually put a number to it, it's... Astonishing. Yeah. Yeah, I was blown away. It was in the billions of dollars for ads. I was like, good Lord. Wow. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, Backpage, so we're going to talk about a couple things here with uh, relation to this whole Backpage.com issue. It's good news, bad news. First, we're going to talk about the, the good news. The good news is it's the biggest online seller of sex. It's no longer operational. The FBI, IRS, and a bunch of other alphabet-named agencies shut them down. So if you go if you go onto Backpage.com or you try to uh, log on to it, there's a, 
a splash screen that basically just says this website has been seized by the federal government. It's kind of cool. Yep. Uh, and something that you don't ever want on your website. Nope. <laughs> the, uh, the owners were charged in multiple states. Uh, one of the owners was charged with 96 counts uh, for everything from money laundering to uh, advertising prostitution ads and just all kinds of stuff. Um, so that's good. That's all good news. <laughs> um, one of the owners pled guilty yesterday and is apparently rolling over on the other participants, the other guys that built this website and made it what it was um, with him. Uh, he's definitely guilty and he's pleading guilty to it. One of the states that he pled guilty in was Texas. And I read this morning that um, because of that plea deal, his maximum exposure to prison time in Texas is five years. But uh, and when I read that, I was like, that sucks because he's only going to get five years, but he's been charged in multiple states. So he could go from prison to prison to prison and play hopscotch for the rest of his life. I, I think he could do a tour of all 50 he, states. He might, you know, he could write a book on prison tours around America. Exactly. But it's um, it's a sad case. It's a it's a terrible case. Backpage has been used for years to sell sex, and we've talked about it quite often. So the good news is that it's shut down. It's no longer able to be used. All right. Um, what's going to be very interesting with this trial, uh, Kyle and I were talking about this before when we were getting set up, but you know that there's going to be a huge class action lawsuit against Backpage and the owners and um, all that for survivors of trafficking who are going to go after them for damages. Awesome. Go after them. Guns blazing, right? Um, but this is something that I, I've, I, I'm not, I'm going to copyright this, I believe. Right. Please I call, do. I call it the Nasser effect. There uh, it is. like <laughs> what we saw with the, the whole case with Dr. Larry Nasser and the hideous things that he did um, while he was an athletic trainer with USA Gymnastics and Michigan State University. And um, that whole thing started with, I believe, one or two victims coming forward and it blew up and there were victim statements from over a hundred uh, female victims, and I believe male victims too. Um, so I call that the Nasser effect. So what we're going to see is a long line of survivors coming forward, and that's going to be an amazing thing. Right. I welcome that. I look forward to that because I think it'll open a lot of people's eyes to see just how big a thing this was. Because some people, I've posted things about this as it's gone on <laughs> and progressed over the last months and last year. And some people are like, oh, is it really that big of a thing? Is it really going to make that big of an impact? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to make a huge impact. And you're going to see the effect of it when all these survivors of sex trafficking come forward and sue Backpage.com mm -hmm. for damages. So we're going to be talking about that, I know, um, as time goes on and things come out and, and shake out of this story. But, um, but here, you know, my initial reaction when I saw the news last week that Backpage was shut down, I was elated. I was jumping around like a fool. And thought it was just th this is the best thing ever. <clears throat> and it is. It's a good thing. But I think we need to look at this side, too, because there is one thing that hurts. And uh, it's something I didn't even realize initially um, until I was out in Los Angeles with my friend, uh, Pastor Rudy, out at CERT. And we're going to talk about that in, the, in a little bit, too. Um, they do a lot of research, uh, investigations. They're searching for those that are being victimized. Uh, to, to free them. They do rescue operations. As well as, you know, a lot of our friends with the FBI, Homeland Security, and ICE, and, you know, different groups that go in and, and 
recover those being victimized. The death of Backpage, while it's a, a great thing, is also a, a pain point for them because it's going to make it hard for them to um, find those who are being trafficked. It's just going to make their life more difficult, make it harder to find them in something that's already very, very difficult to find those being victimized. Mm-hmm. So um, I think we need to look at that. That's, you know, not that they're going to bring Backpage back, but it's, it is a drawback. It is a, a struggle point for those that are being trafficked right now. Right. They're going to find another avenue. You know, that's a scary well, part. That, see, that's the next, that's the other thing I was going to talk about is they're not stupid. People think that traffickers are stupid and that unfortunately that is not the case Um, sometimes they make stupid mistakes which leads to them being caught but these are highly organized individuals they know what they're doing and they're under the radar Um, there's already other sites there's um, the dark web people are using the dark web people are using other websites rubmaps.com is another one that we've seen that the massage parlor addicts use and there's all kinds of stuff going on and there's going to be more that pop up Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody overseas that pops up with something that's bigger than Backpage that's used here in the United States. Right. You know, originate it in a. I'm not trying to tell them how to do it, but they're going to originate it in a country that'll avoid extradition. And right. Um, they're not stupid. So you know, this is a this is fight is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And while this is going to, for a, a period of time, maybe slow things down a little bit. The pimps and the Johns know exactly how to connect. They know where to find each other, and they're going to still do business, unfortunately. So to the people that sent me messages saying that this was the end of sex trafficking, I'm horribly (laughs) sorry to break the news to you that it's not. But um, it's going to be a very interesting point to to look at and to keep looking at going forward as this thing progresses. I mean, we saw something happen here uh with um craigslist right right they had they had online ads for sex as well personal, and their yeah. personal ads and they That's shut right. them down right i think they saw kind of saw the writing on the wall and said oh man we don't want to be the next one so we're going to proactively shut this stuff down on our site which whatever they they were used for years but right if if there's already investigation going yeah. on in Craigslist, I mean, it's a little too late. Same thing with Backpage. I mean, they've been yeah. investing. Stuff's been going on for years with them. Yeah. And then if they, even if they decided to shut down a day before right. the government sees it, still. Too little too late. Right. Yeah, the evidence is there. You've, you've done what you've done. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's good on one hand and, and sad on the other. So I think I'm more happy about it than worried about it because the people that are doing the investigations are amazing folks. And I'll talk to you in a few minutes about cert and what they're doing, but it is going to slow them down a little bit, unfortunately. And, right. In the same week, uh, our president, you know, enacted the, uh, SESTA. SESTA. Yeah. The same, same week. So it was getting, yeah. you know, it's getting a lot of news. Yeah. Actually. And it was interesting to see, there was a, a story and I've, I've, I've referenced this story a couple of times, but there was a 16-year-old girl who was being um, forced to prostitute, or she was forced into trafficking, and she was taken to a John's house on the far south side a couple of years ago on Christmas Eve, and she was murdered in his garage, and her mom was on hand at the White House when the president signed that into law the other day. It was pretty interesting. And there was a also another survivor of trafficking who was standing right behind him saying, it's about time. Um, so one of the things that I love about survivors is they're not going to be quiet. They're going to tell you exactly what they feel and how they feel about it. 
So, Rightly so. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, a lot of, a lot of crazy stuff um, going on around the world of trafficking this week. There was a there was an event that I'm going to talk about in a minute uh, the other day that was awesome. But there was also a sentencing hearing for a pimp here in Chicago. And I, I don't believe in repeating these clowns names because they don't deserve any any news. But uh, I was happy to see that he got 45 years in prison because I covered tattoos for one of his survivors and, or one of the survivors from his case and, um, heard what he did. Mm -hmm. So I I was pretty stoked to hear that he got 45 years in federal prison. So it's federal time. So he won't get half time like you do on state. So yeah, he'll, uh, he'll be gone a while and I wouldn't be surprised to see further charges levied against him as the years go on and extend his stay Mm -hmm. at the hotel Chicago. So yeah, we'll see what happens. A lot, a lot of interesting good news coming out. FBI, Homeland Security, U.S. attorneys, they're doing awesome work, man. They're shutting these people down and, and putting them away. And we're seeing longer sentences for these pimps and traffickers, so that's something that always makes me happy. Right. Uh, on Tuesday, I got to do a really cool event. Um, this was National Victims' Rights Week, Crime Victims' Rights Week. And... Uh, my friend Colleen Ross from the FBI, she's a victim specialist. She's awesome. <laughs> like, she has the one of the hardest jobs in the world, I swear. I sit and talk to her, and she, um, basically, when, when survivors are recovered by agents, she's their advocate. She helps them get the, the services that they need and get help and get housing and medical and all that stuff. And a lot of times, they end up running. They take off because then they try to go running right back to the pimp because there's that whole, you know, the whole um, thing that, oh, they love me. They care for me. That's my boyfriend. You right. know? And also they, they're told that if you run, we'll kill you uh, or too. your family. Right. right. So they go running right back to the pimp. So it's Stockholm syndrome stuff like crazy. So she's got a, a tireless job. I mean, she's always running and chasing people. And then, of course, she brings survivors here for cover ups and removals and stuff. But she was doing an event um, with the Naperville PD, and they asked a couple folks, me being one, to come out and speak about the work that we do. And then they had, I, I want to say it was about 50 different organizations from the area that provide services to the victims of crimes, uh, different stuff, whether it be house, safe houses, um, domestic violence shelters, counselors, medical stuff, whatever. Right. Um, of course, us doing what we do. So they asked us to come and, and speak about that, and I love doing that, and that was a great event. Um, last year I wasn't able to do it, but it was really cool to be able to go and see this year and see some other organizations that are doing really cool stuff and network with people and do some pretty pretty amazing things. Um, so I want to thank them for that and putting on that event. Uh, the Naperville PD and the FBI it was a great job and had some great conversations with the Naperville PD folks. Um, they asked me if I would come and talk to their gang unit. Awesome. I said, Naperville has a gang unit. And it's funny because every, I've, I've had a few guys come from Naperville to get gang tattoos removed. Uh-huh. And it's always like these little suburban white kids with Latin King tattoos, which always makes me laugh wow. a little bit on the inside, but right. they do have a gang unit. So <laughs> they asked me if I would come and talk to them and work with them. I said, absolutely. I'll work with any law enforcement group. I'm cool with that. Right. So that'll be coming up soon. So we'll be talking about that. Um, want to talk about an event that I got to do yesterday. 
uh, I got a phone call or a, actually no, it was a message on the Facebook page from a woman named Denise. She works with the Chicago Christian Counselors Association. And uh, she had heard me on Moody Radio, I guess, a month or so ago, a couple months ago, and messaged me and asked me if I would come out and speak at a meeting that they were having of Christian counselors. And went yesterday and did that. It was in Tinley Park. It was awesome. Uh, it was different from pretty much any speaking engagement I normally do. I, I always work counseling into my talks because it's what saved my life. A counselor um, prayed for me and listened to me and took care of me and saved my life and led me to Christ. And you know, her name was Joan sure. Guest. And I talk about Joan all the time. I love her and miss her. She got called home back in a couple months ago and she had a long fight with cancer. And uh, I was excited to go and speak to these counselors and kind of share that side of my story. And, you know, of course we touched on the ministry, but um, mostly it was about mental health and kind of my progress and kind of what's gone on in my life since I started going to a counselor and it was awesome it was it was just a good reminder of the the crazy amazing things that have gone on to change me from who I was and and start the process of changing me into who he wants me to be so I loved loved that loved talking about it but it was it was interesting Um, I had a couple things this last couple of weeks that kind of tied into it um, last week when I was in Los Angeles, I got to go and do a memorial tattoo for my friend Liz Knapp and Liz was my friend Scotty's wife and we lost Scotty about six years ago. Um, he had a disease called Huntington's disease, which is similar in nature to Alzheimer's, but it struck him really young and he, um, one of the things it does is messes with your decision making. He ended up taking his life and and uh, we miss him a lot. He was one of my, my best friends and just a, just a solid, solid guy. So I got to go and sit with her at, the, at their house and catch up for three or four hours. And I did a little tattoo for her um, with a semicolon in it and four hearts just to remember Scotty. And their, their two kids were there. It was awesome. I got to see the kids and hang out with them a little bit. And they looked just like Scotty. So it was just it was awesome to be able to to do that and do that for her and see them. And, um, then I had, I, uh, saw, I was sitting here Thursday morning. I saw a message on Facebook from my friend, Amor Sierra down at Miami tattoo company. It just really broke my heart because, um, last year I went and met, met up with them out at the hell city tattoo convention, which is hilarious that it's the hell city tattoo convention. Um, but it was out in Phoenix, Arizona, and we met up out there for the weekend and hung out, and I got a tattoo from my friend Nick out there, and there was this guy that I met. His nickname was Shaggy, and if you saw him, you would know why they call him Shaggy. He looks exactly, exactly like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. And uh, we sat there over a three-day period. He got a full leg sleeve done by our friend Guillermo from Miami Tattoo Company, and uh, he got a 22-hour tattoo in three days. Right, I remember that absolutely incredible this dude's pain threshold was unparalleled um beautiful tattoo and we got to talk and it was interesting because he had um, battled a a lot of substance abuse stuff and came out on the winning side of that and was doing well and but uh he he was a guy that was kind of searching for faith in different areas and different ways and didn't really know what he believed and Amor had told him that I was coming there 
and told, uh, told him what I do here with the ministry and kind of my story and my background. And she had been spending a lot of time with him, just, you know, just listening to him and talking with him. And she asked me to, to talk to him a little bit and it was cool. We just started talking about his life and kind of parallels, you know, between our lives and we were both sitting next to each other on massage tables, getting tattooed and talking about life. And it was, it was pretty cool, man, because I think a lot of people, when they think, oh, ministry, you know, they think that we preach to people and that man, that couldn't be any further from the truth. Um, my whole angle on ministry is that we're just going to talk about life and I'm going to treat you the way that I want to be treated. And we're going to have a mutual respect for each other. And that's that, you know, will I talk to people about the, um, the amazing effect that Jesus has had in my life? Absolutely. But I don't force it on people. Um, so we had a really cool conversation over those three days, you know, kind of here and there sporadically and really enjoyed spending time with him. And he was just a good, good dude. And I could see why everybody down at Miami tattoo company loved this guy. He's, he was friends with all those guys and hung out with them. And, and, uh, I didn't know that his dad had passed away a few weeks ago. And when that happened, I, you know, they were really, really close and it affected him like it would affect anybody. He was heartbroken that he lost his dad and, uh, he kind of fell into some habits, some older habits with drinking and stuff. And the depression was just too much and he took his life and it was just, it broke my heart because I could hear kind of the pain and, and Amor's message and it was just sad, you know, young dude, so much potential, so much life. And for depression to, to go in and, and grip him like it did to the point that he took his life is just, it's heartbreaking. And I get it, man, because I've been that depressed. I've been that affected by life. And I've, I've had points in my life where it was real close. And I've talked about that quite often. And thank God, you know, I'm, I'm still here today. And thank God I found counseling and found the value in counseling, especially as somebody who grew up with a dad who told me that counseling was for girls and guys don't do that suck it up and mm -hmm. you know be a man and man one of the best things I do to be a man is go to counseling because it teach, teaches me how to be a better man and how to be a better husband and how to be a better father and just a better person all around so if you're out there and you're struggling you know, I put a video up on the I did a Facebook live video yesterday after I get back from speaking to the uh, Chicago Christian counselors folks. And, um, you're not alone, man. There's, there's resources. If you need help finding those resources, call me, uh, send me an email. I have a whole list of folks that will help you out. If you don't have insurance, I have people that'll help you on a sliding scale. If you're paying cash. Um, I know that because when I started seeing Joan, I was paying her 20 bucks a session. And there's a lot of people out there that'll do that. Um, in the next couple of months, my friend Jane Hirsch is actually going to open a counseling office upstairs here at the shop. So we'll have on-site on counseling services for people, and she will work with you. Um, you're not alone. There's people that care about you. There's a lot to live for, and, and let us help you get the help that you need to, to continue on and continue to fight. Because life isn't easy. I get that. Life is hard, and sometimes it's almost excruciating. So... Get the help that you need. If you need resources, give us a call, 630-554-1404. Or you can always email me, chris at inc180.com. 
All right, man, last week, I, uh, well, let me back up. About a month ago, I got a message from my friend, Pastor Rudy Gonzalez. He's, uh, he's runs a organization out in Southern California called CERT and CERT Ministries. He's a pastor and a retired recon Marine. I, was, I almost messed up and said oh, former. Those yeah. Those oh, guys. Wow. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Dude. dude. Oh yeah. All right. That's those awesome. guys. I just, it just light bulb moment I was right like, I remember okay yeah man so pastor rudy called me up and he, he he's like hey man um what would it take to get you out to la and i said well alpine church just totally blessed us and um i've got a way to get out there and i said when do you want me to come he's like whenever you can so we set it up i went out last week and he said we have five people that need tattoo work five survivors out here and it's like Sweet, sounds good. So I worked with, uh, with his daughter Maddie, and she sent me all the photos, the befores, like what they want to cover stuff with. So we got everything drawn up beforehand. Awesome. Um, not surprised at all that their level of coordination was spectacular. Right? right? <laughs> they, they don't have communication issues. They uh, they are kind of the masters of communication at CERT. But uh, so we got that all set up. Flew out there, and um, crazy story. I want to tell this before. So I flew in last Monday, right? I didn't have um, anything right when I landed, and then I was doing the cover or the uh, memorial piece for Liz that Monday night. So I had a few hours to kill. So I, if you're from, if you're listening to this and you're from Southern California or the West Coast, and you've had In-N-Out Burger, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was my first stop after I got the rental car. Got my got my In-N-Out Burger, and I'm sitting in the car. <laughs> My diet got shot to hell last week in LA. I bet. <laughs> Just that one visit. Yeah, man. Um, I'm back on now, so it's all good. Uh, I'm sitting there in the parking lot eating my food, right? And something feels weird, like with my nose. So I brush my nose, and there's just blood everywhere. And then my nose just starts pouring blood. Like, oh. and I mean pouring blood. Like, I was freaking out. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just a nosebleed, and it wasn't dry out there. There was a lot of moisture in the air. I mean, you get that ocean breeze. You got moist air, right? Mm-hmm. And I was wearing, the T-shirt I was wearing was just covered in blood, and it looked like I got punched in the mm-hmm. face. So I put my food aside, and I stumble out of the car, and there's people looking at me like, what's going on? Nobody did a thing. Nobody said, hey, do you need help? Do you need, you know, do you need us to call 911? Nothing, right? Like, yeah, I'm back in L.A. Yep. <laughs> I had just bought a package of paper towels to use for all these tattoos, right? So I go into the trunk and I open. I'm trying to open this pack of paper towels and still hold my nose so it's not shooting all over. There's blood all over the trunk of my rental car, right? It looks like I just backed over somebody. <laughs> I get a roll of paper towels out and I'm like shoving paper towels into my nose <laughs> to stop the bleeding. No lie, dude. It took 45 oh minutes dude. to stop the bleeding. And several times I was like, I should probably go to the ER. It was crazy. Yeah, at, at the least, I would have, forget the paper towels, man. You had like a water flow of yeah. stuff coming out. I it was scary, man. To like the, whatever the drugstore is out there and just got some feminine hygiene <laughs> products something. and shove them yeah. up your nose, man. So I was like, well, we'll chalk that up to spiritual warfare. Uh, so got it to stop fine. Right. So I, uh, I go and do the, the tattoo for Liz and, and spend time with her. And that was awesome again. But, uh, Tuesday morning, got up, drove out to Riverside County, uh, one of my old stomping grounds. And I get to cert headquarters. Now this is a house 
that's on a golf course beautiful big house it's like six seven bedrooms it's massive they rent it and uh rudy greets me and he's showing me around this amazing place and he's like i gotta tell you the coolest thing about this house he's like we rent it it used to be a brothel it got shut down whoa like wait a minute you're using an old brothel for a safe house in your headquarters he's like yep absolutely so cool right so (laughs) he's showing me around and um, kind of giving me the tour of the place and showing me where we're going to do these tattoos and he takes me up to their their office. I open this office door and there's a, like a uh, rolling uh, laundry cart thing like uh-huh. a, people hang their clothes on. Right. There's all these tactical vests and bulletproof oh. vests and weapons and belts and like all this tactical gear and You're I was like a little kid cave. man I was like this is awesome yeah and there's all these pictures pinned up on the wall of all the recoveries they've made and investigations and pimps being led away in handcuffs and just crazy awesome stuff right and he's telling me about kind of some of the things that they'd been working on they're looking for a girl right now that's I believe he said she's 15 she's got like 10 brands on her that they're looking for in LA right now so I'll probably be going out there again real soon I'm sure um, just all this cool stuff, you know, their whiteboard where they're, you know, planning stuff out and pioneering right. recoveries and all this stuff. So just, just super cool. Um, and then we go upstairs and everybody's there, including his wife and his daughters. And they're like, all right, we're going to, we're going to worship and pray real quick. I'm like sick. I love this, man. This is the best. So his daughters led everybody in worship and we prayed and we got to work. Awesome. And I spent the whole day there covering these tattoos and, you know, it it was cool, man. Hearing their stories, they just, they were really open about sharing their stories. You know, I'm never one to ask them about that, but they were really forthcoming with it and told me some, some pretty horrific stuff. Um, One of them in particular just absolutely destroyed me, but her, um, her ex was her pimp. And he poured five gallons of gas on her while she was asleep and lit her on fire. I'm like, dude, like how evil is the world, right? Pure evil. Just no when words. I, just when I think I hear like the worst of the worst, right. I hear worse. Um, and I've, I've no said words. it, I've said it a million times that, you know, I used to say, oh, you know, God, please, it couldn't get any worse. And when I just heard, I stopped saying it, you know, I, I don't say it anymore. Because it just, it gets worse and worse and worse. People are hideous, some people, you know? Just truly sick. Truly sickening. Um, But one of the things that was kind of cool throughout the day, I'm sitting there with these survivors and talking to them and doing the the tattoos and just, believe believe it or not, we're actually having, like, some laughs. We're having a good time trying to lighten the mood and stuff. And they kind of led that, you know? Uh, which was cool. We had a we had like a wire, really cool wireless speaker there, and everybody had their phone. They're like, "Oh, listen to this song." And we were like playing all these worship songs nice. back and forth, and like, "No, no, this one's better. Check this out." So it was fun. We you know we tried to enjoy the day, and they were great. They That's were awesome. amazing and just really beautiful people. So uh, got to do those, and oh, oh, other cool thing. So I'm sitting there, and Rudy has this German Shepherd. And his name is Boots. <laughs> and Boots looks like he could tear some people apart. I bet. They were missionaries in Africa. 
for a while. Mm-hmm. And they got boots when they were in Africa. Oh, wow. He was just kind of like wild in the streets. So they, they adopted him. They brought him back home to the U.S. now. And they've had him trained to go after. He's, a, he's bite trained. So, okay. yeah, they did a little demo for me. It was, it was pretty <laughs> amazing. Yeah. They have an intern named Joe. What's up, Joe? Joe just turned 18 the other day. He's going to the Marine Corps to serve the country. And, and Joe uh, was the bait. I'm Joe guessing. was the bait. <laughs> so what he did was uh, one of Rudy's daughters went with Joe, and, and Joe kind of kind of grabbed her like he was putting her in a headlock, and he had one of those sleeves on for training dogs. Right. And that was his free arm. And Rudy gets out. He's got the dog on a leash, and the dog's going nuts. Right? Okay. And... He he's like, I'm gonna really I'm gonna release the dog. Let go of the girl. Let go of the girl. I'm gonna release the dog. And Joe's just holding on to her and you know, she's acting like she's screaming. It's right. a really cool thing. Rudy releases the dog within two seconds. That dog had Joe like on the ground oh. ripping that glove off of his arm. Mm. And uh yeah, it was pretty awesome. Wow. So I'm curious if you've asked this, does the dog know the difference between training and real life scenario? Nope. Oh, no, no. So yeah. if he got that glove off, he could still like want to keep going. He could, but he's trained to like, there, so there's words that Rudy will right. say to get him to stop. Oh, right. And right. he's like, he'll go from 150 miles an hour to sitting on the, on the ground next to the person. Nuts. Yeah. Amazing. He's trained in German. It's amazing. <laughs> this dog is super cool. That right. Is awesome. Um, but they've, so they go out and they do rescues. So he's trained. Like if he sees a gun, he'll attack it. Wow. And yeah, it's, just unbelievable they uh there's some one of my favorite organizations you know they were here probably six months or so ago maybe a little bit longer they were doing they were actually doing a rescue operation here in chicago uh working in conjunction with our friends at the fbi my friend mike barker is an agent and carrie and we talked about them before and we're gonna have them on soon to talk about their work but uh they were working with barker and Rudy wanted to get a tattoo covered up. When you're in special ops, a lot of times, I guess they tattoo all your information that's on your dog tags on your rib cage. Uh, they do that so you don't wear dog tags and have them clinking around when you're sneaking into Saddam Hussein's house oh. to kill him, right? Right. Um, and I, he was, they were here in town. They had an extra day, and they, Rudy asked Mike, he's like, hey, do you know any tattoo people in Chicago I want to cover this? And He's like, I've got the perfect person. He sent him down here and we got taken care of for him. So that's when I met them and heard about their work. These guys are all, they all volunteer. They're special, retired special ops. Mm-hmm. Probably the most badass people I'll ever meet in my life. Right. But like also the kindest people I've ever met. I have such a huge respect for, for them and what they do and their passion for what they do. There's like their whole attitude is no days off. You know, like if they get a call, they're going to go after it. Mm -hmm. Um, Really cool. They just did a a thing with another group of organizations that are like them called the Big Search. It was out in Vegas. He said they recovered like 34 victims over a weekend. Excellent. Yeah. And they're getting ready to do another one. They're getting ready to do another Big Search. I can't say when but or where, but um, they invited us to come out there and have the RV out there to cover any tattoos like real time. So... We're going to talk about that and see how we can make that happen, uh, just financially and stuff. But just cool, cool stuff, man. Um, then when I was in L.A., I also had a little bit of free time and not not much. But one morning, 
I went back up to South Central and cruised around and saw some people I wanted to see. And um, I went to see uh, Pastor Jose Hernandez has an organization called Hope Central Watts. So I was rolling around Watts, checking out Nickerson Gardens housing project. Nickerson Gardens is like the biggest one square block of crack sales in America still. It's Watts. I mean, you you drive through Watts and it's like night of live night of the living dead. Just like people cracked out walking around, crack vials all over the streets. And yeah, it's it's like I was looking for Nino Brown, um, but um, Pastor Jose Hernandez does amazing work with kids in Watts uh, and adults. But uh, just trying to keep kids that are at risk of falling into gang violence and drug use tries to give them other opportunities and other activities to keep them in on the right path. He's a great dude. And they've got a house there in Watts and I went to check it out. Finally, we've been friends online for a while and I have supported their work and they've supported our work. And we just went and sat down for a few and talked about how we can work together. So looking forward to getting back out there soon. I know Rudy and, and cert has more work for me to do. So I know I'll be back out there soon. Um, Got to do something else that was really hard. It's something I, I've never done since it happened. I, I've talked about my friend Dante that was killed in a drive-by shooting uh, almost 11 years ago now. and I hadn't been back to that house since that. And I, I decided that it was time. So I went up there and, and uh, I called his mom and asked her if I could come over. And she, of course, said yes and was great. And asked me to come up and have coffee with her so I sat in the house and we looked at old pictures and and talked about things and it was tough it's like just sitting here thinking about it is tough but you know that that guy you can say what you want about gang members you can say what you want about people and you can make your judgments however you want he was a he was a notorious gang member who found God when he was locked up and he made that change or started that that change when he was locked up and he made the choice to not stick in that life. He wanted to go a different direction. He was getting ready to move to Atlanta and live with his aunt and go to school. And it all ended senselessly because an old enemy found out he was home and that they were having a, we were having a party for him. So just to be able to sit in that house, was it was tough. I was a little bit off. Um, it was great to talk to his mom and all that, but I... Uh, I got to pray at the spot where he hit the ground and I took a picture of the house and I don't know if I'll be able to go back there again. Um, I hope that I'll be able to see his mom whenever I'm out there, but I might have to take her to dinner or something. Cause it was tough, man. It was, you know, people ask me sometimes like, well, whatever happened to the, did the guy get arrested that did it? No, he got killed. That's how the things work in LA and Chicago and Detroit and wherever. Um, I know it was a long line of people that went back and forth dying on both sides. So a lot of senseless, a lot of senseless killing um, that still takes place. And, you know, a lot of good things have happened in LA. I've talked about that before. And especially in Compton, there's a lot of new things happening there and new programs to keep kids away from these gangs and out of that lifestyle completely. But still a lot of work to be done you know i saw 
I saw the good and bad side of LA. I, I talked to people, people ask me all the time. They're like, you're, are you out of your mind leaving LA and coming to Chicago? I'm like, no, I love Chicago too. Um, I left LA cause it, it's terrifying or it was terrifying to me. And it was a terrifying proposition to raise three kids in that environment. So we moved out here, but, uh, you know, I love going home, but I hate going home. There's a lot of graves out there. There's a lot of ghosts out there, but there's also happy stuff and there's happy memories and there's good things going on that, that give me hope for LA. So, um, got to see some friends and that was cool and, you know, hug some people I haven't hugged in a long time. And, you know, of course I stayed with my sister-in-law and my mother-in-law and the kids and got to see my sisters. So that was, it was good. It was good to get back home. I was there for four days, but then it was really good to get back here and get to work. Like I've been, I hit the ground. I got, I landed last Thursday night at like 10 o'clock. Um, Mackenzie picked me up at the airport. I came home, I got home. I was in bed at like midnight and then I was back at the office the next morning at eight o'clock because I had two trafficking survivors coming in for removals <laughs> so it's like it was it was it, I'm still trying to catch up I think I'm still dragging a little bit but I'm dragging in a good way because I, I'm doing some cool stuff and running and back and forth doing some cool events and helping people out and did another self-harm cover-up last night and geez it just doesn't stop right so but, uh, yeah, you know, so that's, that's really kind of the, the life of Inc. 180, what's going on right now. In the next uh, episode, we're going to have some announcements coming up about events. People have been asking about events coming up. They can come out and hear us tell our story and talk about the ministry. I'll have a book update on the next one. And <laughs> uh, Gosh, man, it's coming along. I wrote some when I was on the flight from L.A., awesome. so it's coming along. Slowly but surely, brother. It's got, this book has to be amazing because it's taken forever to make it happen, right? So... I don't know. I guess I'm a little bit of a perfectionist to some degree, so it'll be worth the wait. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to thank everybody for the support. Again, thanks to my friends at Alpine for loving us and, and bringing us into the family. A lot of things coming up together in Chicago we're going to do together. A lot of opportunities for people to come alongside and serve with us and make a bigger impact. So I'm going to close things out today with the last song Dante and I listen together. Give it to him, game. You see... We're on a mission from God. I'm a B-L-O-O-D. Been on songs with S and double O-P. Inside a Ferrari with the D-R-E. Run up, I let it sing like Nate D-O-double-G. Walk through eight mile G units on my feet. Got a cherry low rider in the NYC. Eve took me to Philly, never been to the pen. Been to Uptown with 50 C's and Tim's. I done seen young bucks scuff Air Force Ones in Cashville, but Compton is where I'm from. Where's just me, my son, and my bitch. She graduated when Notorious B.I.G. dropped me and my bitch. She get them birds passed. I put her in first class and tell her to carry on a Dooney and Burke bag. She from Grape Street. She know how to work the mag and only buy white tees. Tell them to keep the purple tag. Cause the laces in my chucks keep the beef cracking. I lay out like Chris Khakis. In that G-Wagon, lean like the 23's dragon. I got the whole NYC sagging.